I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's episode, we talk about parenting hacks and how they apply to our spiritual life. Scrabble letters on the red. Uh oh. Yeah, I know. Not good. Hold on. What the heck? Um, so I asked him, what's the word on the street? <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. That one's funny. Um hi everyone. Welcome to episode fifty three, the big five three, the pineapple anniversary. I just made that up. Oh um, <laughs> there should like, be a pineapple. I was like, really? I think the fourth anniversary I like is pineapples. fruit. You didn't you say that? The- I, I think, think so. you said that the last fourth time. or fifth, maybe. That's I don't a know. really random one. Anyways, fruit. Anyways, hi. Hi, welcome back, everyone. Uh, should we peak pit plug it? You go. You I'll go. go. My peak of the past two weeks has been um, taking intentional time off of work when I'm busy to be with family and not letting myself get bogged down by all the things that need to get done, which is very. Um, not my personality. If I work a five-day work week and then something comes up on one of my days off that I have to work, I pretty much just work six days instead. Um, so now I'm taking taking days off um, more readily and doing half days when I can. and um, It's just made me a lot happier. Even oh, though there's okay. more, to, more to do. I mean, I wasn't unhappy before, but I think I was just too obsessed with the things that need to get done. Yeah. And they get done. So uh, my pit is... Um, I'm doing a health assessment through work and I didn't, I don't really have any weight to lose because I've been doing so good with nutrition before this started. And so, um, sleep is the thing that I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be working on. So my bedtime is supposed to be like 1130 and I've hit that, I don't know, maybe twice in the past like two weeks. Oh my gosh. Matt. So yeah, I'm just a night owl and I get stuff done at night and it's just hard to just stop working in the midst of like an energy, you know, spike, you know? And go to bed because then I just sit there like, I could be doing so much right now. <laughs> so that's been a pit that I'm sucking at that. And then plug is we just got Hulu. And we're pretty late in the game, I guess, on that. <laughs> just a bit. By the way, have you heard of Pokemon Go? It's this thing. No. Um, so we just got Hulu. And um, I just like how wholesome it's presented and the things that are on there. Netflix is just kind of turning into a it's trash bag. A trash it's like bag. the MySpace of... The streaming <laughs> services. It's really bad. So, former MySpace. Yeah. I don't know what MySpace is like now. I feel like Hulu does do actually a really good job of... They do. Yeah. I have... Yeah. yeah. There's some stuff that you click on and you go, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. But uh, it's a lot better than Netflix is for sure. Yeah. Anyways, that's me. What about you? Cool. Mine is... Uh, my peak was my family from Georgia was here. And so we had... I don't know, five days with them, which was really, really fun. They hadn't seen Adelaide since she was three months old. Wow. Um, maybe even younger. And so that was really fun for them to actually like, get to interact with her and play with her and mm-hmm. um, see her. And then my pit is, I need a hobby. Like, I need I need a hobby. <laughs> Other than watching TV. Um, while Adelaide is asleep, I need something to do. Other than... Watching TV or cleaning the house. Those are my, like, two go-tos that I really don't need to clean the house six times in a day. Um, so, I need a hobby. Frisbee golf. <laughs> what? <laughs> Frisbee golf. In the house? No. Just go to I, Just go outside. Okay. Do it. Okay. Seems like the perfect activity for a, a young person? pregnant mom. <laughs> I don't know about you, but flying discs and heavy <laughs> exertions and small uh, spurts. Very appealing. Sounds and, good. And a lot of walking. A lot of... That's true. Which yeah. I need to be doing. You, which I kind of do. Do they have disc golf carts? I don't... Frisbee golf carts? I don't think the courses are that big. We're really thinking too much about this. Hmm. Um, my plug is the um, Blessed Is She virtual uh, Bible study that they're doing right now. They're doing it on Acts. And they do it... Our Pacific time is 930. Um, and so it's been really, really, really beneficial for me to sit down and um, go through the book of Acts with them and um, typically what they do is just pull out what stood out to them in the chapter. Um, So that's been nice because I can have a Bible study at home 
on my own time and they'll put them up on the IGTV um, if you missed it. So it's cool. Nice. I enjoy it. Is that every day? Um, every week, or yeah, during the week. Every day during the week. Not so Monday through Friday? Yes. Thank At you. At 9, 9.30 Pacific time. Pacific. On Blessed or Is She Instagram? 12.30, whatever that Eastern is. Eastern time. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. And Instagram. Life Teen does one for teens on Wednesday nights called Lexio Live or Wednesday evenings. And I that's like know that. five or six, I think 6 p.m. Eastern time on like YouTube. 3 p.m. YouTube Live. Yeah. Anyways. Pacific. Cool ways to get involved in uh, studying the word if you're not um, yes. geographically near people who also want to do that. <laughs> yes. Cool. So, episode 53, what are we talking about? So, we're talking about just parenting hacks. I, it's, I said, it's not even parenting hacks. It's just things that I've learned um, through parenting that can also kind of be adapted to our prayer life. Um and so there's just different things that we're going to be talking about, like routine and growth and diaper rash, you know, fun <laughs> stuff like that, um, and how they relate to our prayer life. Yeah. So if you're not a parent, this episode is still for you because we're not yes. talking specifically about how to parent, even though there might be a little bit of it in here just naturally, <laughs> but um, more so of what looking at the things that we've learned from parenting um, what kind of habits or, you know, ways that we have to be prepared for a lot of different yeah. things can, uh, what we can glean from that and apply to just our spiritual lives in general. I, I was laughing just because there's so much, um, so many funny stories that come out of parenting and I'm sure you've heard them. <laughs> a lot of them, most of them are about poop. Um, and I had a great poop story, which I have to tell you really fast because the first thing we're going to be talking about is diaper rash. Um, so <laughs> the other day, Adelaide has a really bad diaper rash. Um, and I thought it would be a great idea to let her run around naked for just a couple minutes. You know, what, what can happen in a couple minutes? Well, a lot can happen in a couple <laughs> minutes. Um, your child poops and pees a lot. And so I took her there. diaper off and we changed her and she had just peed. Well, I put her down and she peed again and was scared of her pee because um, she's never seen anything come out of her body like that. <laughs> um, so then she ran down the hallway and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to clean this up. Tony's got her. Um, Tony was in the shower. <laughs> so she ran down the hallway. I started cleaning that up. She peed again in the other room because I guess that being scared and peeing stopped her from peeing all the way. So she peed again. So then I had to run down the hallway and try and clean that up. As she's running back down the hallway, I saw something happening in her rear end <laughs> and realized she was pooping. And so she was running down the hallway into our bedroom pooping. So I had two pee spots, one poop spot, and a very terrified daughter because she's always worn a diaper. Yeah, and now she's leaking. She has <laughs> no idea what's things happening. Things are coming out of her. So very, very... Um, entertaining morning at 6 30 in the morning good time um so what can we learn from that so what we're learning from <laughs> diaper rashes specifically um so kids tend to get diaper rashes pretty quickly at least my child does she has fairer skin and so um if we're not really really quick about getting her diaper changed she can get a diaper rash um, the reason why I bring up diaper rash is because we have to check ourselves pretty often. There's a lot mm. of things in our lives that um, can fester and grow and cause a rash, in a sense, of our soul um, very, very quickly. So whether that is a relationship that can be very harmful to you very quickly, um, sins or habits, there's a lot of different things that can kind of... Um, if they go unchecked, they can become very harmful to us very, very quickly and very fast. Mm -hmm. And I really like the, the, like my whole passion about this image of parenting and parent hacks for spiritual life is that being a parent, I've learned so much about God the Father mm. and how he looks at us and just taking that story and thinking about like, okay, when I'm in sin, when I'm like running around <laughs> sinning and freaking out that like, yeah. I'm a sinner, look at all this stuff that's happening. God is just like 
you know, like, I got you. I'm going to clean you up. You're adorable. Like, this is hilarious. Yep. You know, like, or when parents are, like, cleaning dirty diapers, you know, they're mm-hmm. like, did you poop? They're not like, I can't believe that you did this. You should never poop again. You know, like, but sometimes when it comes to sin, we think of it like that. We think God looks at us that way. Yeah. Like, why did you do this? You're so bad. Get to confession. Or, you know, you're going to hell. Like, it's like if you, if you're, that'd be like a parent saying, if you ever poop again, you're not living in this house anymore. It's ridiculous. Like, that would never happen. And so I think, like, reverse applying how parents are with their kids, like, healthy relationships, like, loving parents with their children is how we should really see how God looks at us because it's the truth. Like, Mm -hmm. that's why it says so many times in Scripture, like, that we are meant to be children of God and that we shouldn't deny the children of coming to the Lord because they're the ones that have the most innocent, the most pure projection of the authenticity of what that relationship looks like. And so I think a lot of these stories and things that we, we share to keep that in mind too, that like God, um, God loves us so much more beyond that. And parents like love their children so much and all these crazy things, anytime they get hurt, like anytime you find yourself in sin or in pain or someone else hurts you, like to think of that, that parent who just wants to scoop that kid up and do anything that they can to protect them. That's what God wants to do for you. You know, and anytime you sin, you know, you fill that diaper of your soul with like trash, you know? Yep. God is going to change it. You know, he has a capability. But if we keep running away from him and we don't let him change the diaper, then that's when we can also get this type of like rash. We can get this like, you know, worsening mm-hmm. of how it's affecting us instead of allowing us to just have that freedom. Um, but no baby is running around like I got to hide because, um, you know, uh, I can't let my parents change my diaper because if they see what's in it, they're never going to love me again. You know, <laughs> they're just like, I have a full diaper. What do I do? Cry. You know, like, yeah. um, I mean, toddlers <clears throat> run away from diaper changes, but that's, that's a different story. That's yeah. a different reason. But, um, oh shoot. What was I, you had a good point and then I was going to go off of that. Well, I was sharing with someone yesterday or some people yesterday, um, also like to think about like, um, to go on this idea of like the spirituality of parenthood of, of who God is, um, you know, when we go to, to God and I, f- I found, I was watching my daughter yesterday, um, and she, she hit her head at one point and she was just like sat there and cried and waited for me to come get her. But when she was all happy, like a few minutes before that, she was running at me and embracing me and hugging my legs and like being super energetic. And I feel like I realized yesterday I do the opposite with God, that I run to him and I'm like, oh, when things are bad, you know, I don't let him just come scoop me up. I run to him because it's like, I got to figure out this problem. What do I do? I'm going to cling to the Lord. I'm going to go back to chapel. I'm going to go to confession. Why isn't everything fixed? And then when things are good... I just kind of sit there and wait for God to do something. You know, I do the opposite of what Hannah did. Like she knew something was wrong. So she just trusted that I was going to come scoop her up and I was going to fix it. Um, But when things were going good, she was delighting in that. And she was recognizing like I was a part of that and wanted me to be a part of it. And I think we could do that better too Mm -hmm. at our own spiritual. So like, I just want to emphasize that as we begin to like the spirituality of parenthood. Maybe you're not a parent. Maybe you can't relate to a lot of this stuff, but especially if you are, to kind of recognize like everything that you feel about your child in that healthy relationship is probably very similar to how God looks at you. It's just amplified with more love and more mercy and more desire and joy to be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the next one is spending genuine time together. And I think that's kind of a lost art in our culture right now um, because we tend to think that spending time together is just sitting in each other's presence. Um, but it's, it's eye contact, it's Hmm. physical touch. It's, um, especially with kids, especially with young, young kids, they love, 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 love being around you and being able to touch you. Even if you're, Mm -hmm. um, sitting on the floor and they can back up and sit in your lap or just put their hand on your leg and, Mm -hmm. um, do something like Adelaide right now. Her thing is to run down the hallway and then come running back and grab my leg and push me in the direction that she wants (laughs) me to go. Um, and so it's, it's just those little things of being able to be present enough and aware enough, um, to see kind of what they're thinking because kids at the age that we have right now, um, they can't speak. Like they mm-hmm. can say mama, dada, water, like little things, but they can't say full sentences and tell us like the feelings and the depths of their heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we need to sit down with them and have that eye contact and have that, 
um, genuine moment with them to fully understand kind of what's going on in their heads. Mm -hmm. And we need that same kind of genuine eye contact with our Lord. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is sitting in adoration or just sitting in a quiet moment and not talking to him, but Mm -hmm. just being with him. Um, Because when we do that, we begin to learn um, the Lord's voice, we begin to learn who he is and how he moves in our lives. And if we're too busy, um, which I sometimes do with Adelaide, it's like sitting there and I'm there, but um, I'm on my phone or I'm trying to clean the dishes or I'm doing something that I'm not fully participating in what she's doing, I'm missing half of what she's <clears throat> saying through her actions and so it's in that same way that we miss what our lord is saying to us if we are um too busy with maybe what we how we want to be praying or um how we want the lord to be speaking we don't have that moment of genuine okay lord what do you want to say to me okay lord how do you um want to move within me right now if we're trying to kind of tell him what to do or we come with our busy prayer yeah, I once went to confession, um, not at the church where I work at it, but at another ch- church in Orange County, which will remain nameless. Um, and I could see through the screen a little bit, like de- the the screen kind of ended a little bit before the end of the window frame. Mm-hmm. And I had a little peek down at maybe like the kneecaps of the priest. And I saw him texting in the middle of my confession. No. Yeah. And I just, that, that spoke so many volumes of like carelessness to me. Um, that I was just like, I don't even care how this goes. I'm just going to go somewhere else like tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Um, and I haven't been back to that church for confession or anything really for spiritual. I've been there to, to do an event. Like I was asked to do something there, but not for my own spirituality because I just felt like, like there's no care here. And imagine like walking into a Eucharistic adoration chapel and like in front of the host was like a phone and a sign that said like, please wait, like Jesus there on the altar, you know, but like the Lord is always present to us and something Mm -hmm. babies need when they're born a lot is skin to skin contact uh, because it helps um, um, build up their immune system. It helps um, um, them be healthy. It helps them psychologically and emotionally, but it also has like good biological effects. It like prevents like jaundice and things like there's all these health Uh, benefits of just like touching their skin to your skin and just kind of laying there and what do we have in our faith that's like a flesh-to-flesh contact the eucharist Mm -hmm. you know and so yes you should we should be going to mass and receiving the eucharist um, in a state worthy of being able to receive but also like do you have the availability to go to a daily mass and receive the eucharist more often do you have the ability to go and spend time with the eucharist with jesus in the eucharist in chapel in in prayer um, to really bring flesh and presence to that and then what Jenna was saying kind of about language, you know, um, I think when, when parents look at a baby, even though, our, even though our daughters can't really communicate like, oh, I'm hungry or I have to go to the bathroom. But if they have like one little shred of discomfort, we know what to do. We know what to check for. Yeah. God's the same way. If you come to chapel and you're just like, I'm uncomfortable or like, this is where I'm at and you just sit there, God's your parent. He knows what to do. He knows how to speak, but we just have to listen and kind of let him do that. You know, mm-hmm. the one thing babies are good at when they need something, they just, they look at you and they cry. You know, and they're just like, I need something and I know I can't communicate to you, but here I am and you know what to do. You know, like they're, they're completely trusting that we're going to come get them and fix whatever the problem is, even though they can't communicate it to us. We need to have that same trust in the Lord that even, even if we can't even put into words what we're feeling, that we're going to show up and we're going to say, Hey, I need you. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to let you fix this because I know that you can. It's like a surrendering of control. Um, and a surrendering of the ability to need to fix everything and have, you know, our hands on it and just say like, God, you, you got this, you, you can do this. You're far more capable than I am. Mm-hmm. We, in terms of our prayer and our spiritual maturity at best, when we die can make the goo goo gagas, like <laughs> that's it. You know, at best we'll be able to say, wah, wah, mama, dada, in terms of the rich theological reality we live in yeah. that we can understand. And so why not go to the one who knows all of it, who created all of it, who exists in all of it. Um, and trust that he is, he's going to handle it. Yeah. And the, the other thing about, um, I'd mentioned eye contact. Um, eye contact says a lot about what you're trying to say to the person that you're making eye contact with. It's, mm-hmm. It says that you respect them. Um, it shows appreciation. It shows understanding. And 
when we are either too scared to make that eye contact with our Lord or um, we're too busy to make eye contact with our Lord. It shows a lot about kind of the uh, posture of our heart and where our heart is. Um, it shows that maybe we have too much pride. Um, maybe we are too afraid. And mm. so kind of checking that posture of your heart and seeing, um, am I genuinely making eye contact with the Lord? If I'm, am I genuinely entering into prayer time um, with him and spending time and wanting to be close to him? And if you don't necessarily want to be close to him, what is that root why? Mm. Um, what is going on that is causing you to run the opposite way opposite way or wanting to um avoid that genuine time with the lord Mm -hmm. so that's that one um i really liked saint faustina's uh quote about this though it says i gazed i fixed my gaze upon his sacred wounds and felt happy to suffer with him i suffered and yet i did not suffer because i felt happy to know the depth of his love and the hour passed like a minute and i think that's something very true about parenting too and about how um, when Adelaide is suffering or she has something going on, like I want to be in that with her mm-hmm. and I want to, um, make it better. And the Lord wants to make our wounds better and, um, be in that moment with us. And so when we can actually look at the Lord and look at his wounds, it's going to give a purpose to our own suffering. And, um, if we, if we're true to that, um, sometimes it will make that pain go faster and, and move um, a little bit quicker in time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a laughable image to see, like, to imagine a baby in a crisis situation where she needs, he or she needs something, mm-hmm. like needs their diaper change or needs food, and then just, like, crying and then running to the refrigerator and banging on it, or, like, trying to, like, make eggs for itself, you know, or something, you yeah. know, like, but we do that all the time with God, you yeah. know? We cry and act, we're like, oh, things are terrible, God, like, let me talk to you, and then we go and try and fix it. You know, we go and try and make the eggs as a baby on our own, or we go and try and change ourselves, or we go and try and, you know, draw the bath for ourselves. I mean, it's laughable to think that a baby could do that, because they can't, but it's laughable for us to think that we can fix those problems that only God can, or that he... Um, he desires to fix for us, but we need to kind of, we need to surrender that control. We're not good at it. Yeah, that's great. Um, so the next one is being aware of surroundings at all times. So, um, becoming a parent means baby proofing your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I've never looked around to see like how many things could a tiny person hit their head on in this room, you know, uh, yeah. until, you know, you, until have, a you kid. have a kid. Um, and so, and <laughs> like every single moment that I'm walking around with Adelaide, if Adelaide is, um, cause she's very mobile now, if she's out of her stroller or we're in our house or we're in a new environment, it's always what can hurt her mm-hmm. and how fast can she get to it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that it kind of goes with our faith life of, you know, we always have to be so aware of what's going around, what's going on around you. Um, and are you putting yourself in a dangerous situation for your soul? Mm. Um, because we sometimes think like, you know what? I'm a lot stronger than I am. Like Mm -hmm. you, you put yourself in a situation you think, you know, I'm not going to be tempted by this, but you are. Um, and so being aware of what's going on around you and how that's going to spiritually affect you is really, 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 really good. Um, and it's really mature in your faith and knowing your limits in your faith life. Like if you're not good at walking into bars and not lusting after people, <laughs> like the, things like that. Yeah. It's the, the age old like child in the oven analogy, you know, like what? you've never heard this analogy before. No? I hear this analogy all the time. Like, you know, like, um, why won't God, you know, um, I don't know why, why, why it's, it has to do with plans, you know, like making okay. plans and like, um, you know, why won't God just bless my plans? Or why won't God give me this thing that I want? Um, or, you know, it's with teenagers and parents. Like, why are my parents always ruining my life? You know? And it's mm. like, well, if a baby were to go up to an oven and try and touch it while it was on like a burner, we'd move their hand away immediately, no matter how quickly we had to smack it away because we knew that that was going to hurt them far more than the action, you know? And my, like, Hannah loves playing with the thermostat on the wall. She loves, like, touching it and watching it light up. But she always touches it in a spot where she's actually, like, making changes on the thermostat. And so I have to, like, pull her hand away pretty quickly, even though it's not going to hurt her. But, like, 
because like she's messing up the thermostat in a way that I'm not going to know how to fix. So, um, and so sometimes she gets, she gets really upset. She starts like crying and I just kind of have to hold her cause she's trying to wriggle and like throw herself out of my arms, which would hurt even more if she were to fall on the floor. And she just kind of has to wrestle and cry and realize I'm stronger than her. And, and then eventually she just gives up and is like, okay, fine. You know, yeah. but we're not like that. We're like, no, I want to do this. I want to touch the oven. Why won't God let me touch the oven? I yeah. want to do this thing because we don't recognize it's going to hurt us or it's bad for us. Mm-hmm. It may even look appealing. Like an oven, I'm sure to a baby looks really, it's like this glowing red thing. And red is the first color your eye sees. It probably looks super attractive. Mm-hmm. And like the heat and the warmth coming off it from a distance probably feels really nice. And so like, it could be like the most like alluring thing for someone who's never seen it before. And they might be like, why wouldn't mom, you know, they're doing something with it. Mom and dad are doing something with it. So-and-so got this from God. Why can't I? And we don't recognize like, no, God is, is sometimes painfully swatting our hand away and making it feel as though like God doesn't want us to have fun or God doesn't want us to be um, rich in our lives. Not like monetarily rich, but have like a rich and joyful life. Um, And so I'm just bogged down by all this. No, no, no. Rules, rules, rules. Uh, and that's why the church has so many, you know, doctrines and, you know, um, things that we're expected to do if we're uh, faithful to what the Lord has asked us. It's not rules. It's these freedoms, these boundaries that God has given us so we don't get hurt. So we don't um, burn our hand, you know, because mm-hmm. if we do, how much more painful for the father is it going to be to see that, you know, look what happened and and I could have prevented it, you know. And God says, no, I did prevent this. Like, I died for your sins. You don't have to do this. Um, but he... He allows us to learn from those mistakes, but he still will try and intervene. He'll try and send us like signs. He'll close doors and opportunities that aren't good for us, but sometimes we force them open, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's an important thing to pay attention to when you feel like, um, um, you're praying, you know, and asking for something and not getting an answer, recognize that God answers every single prayer, but sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes the answer is a wait. Let me think about it. Because you're asking me a yes or no question that doesn't have a yes or no answer. Mm -hmm. And so I need to take a little bit to teach you what that answer looks like, you know. Um, And so sometimes we think silence or the answer we don't want is no answer. But that's not the case, you know. know? And it would be unreasonable to think that a child all of a sudden is going to, like, start speaking full sentences. Like, well, mother, I would like to touch the oven because it is red and glowing and you're (laughs) using it. That would be absolutely terrifying. You're using it. And I think it's unfair that you get to use it. And me, in my well-reasoned ability to make decisions as a baby, I should also be able to use it, having had no experience with an oven whatsoever. You know, that'd be ridiculous for that to happen. And yet we do that with God all the time. It helps me so much to imagine myself as a baby because when I come to the Lord because then I recognize what a ridiculous idiot I'm being sometimes because I'd be like a baby would never do this and so in essence a baby is smarter than me in the spiritual life 99% of the time and it just makes me recognize how how habitually I've made like bad habits in my spiritual life become the regular norm um, instead of just letting God be my dad kids at um, the toddler stage are mimickers too. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy mimickers. And so you have to be so aware of what you say and what you do um, because they pick up on literally everything. Mm-hmm. Like Adelaide, she started putting um, any like round toy that had a hole in it on her wrists like she was wearing bracelets. I've worn bracelets once. Mm-hmm. And like she'd grab a bag and she'd put it on her arm and carry it around like she's mm-hmm. carrying a purse. Like little things like that. Um, even, even when we're saying things and you have to be so careful with the language that you use because they're little parrots and they will just mimic what you Mm -hmm. say so quickly. Um, and so with, with ourselves, as we're growing, as, um, we're learning in our spiritual life, what you surround yourself with, you pick up on everything, even though you're not aware you are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, anything can affect you spiritually and either deter you or help you grow. And so being so aware of your surroundings is extremely important um, because it can really, really significantly change your posture of prayer and your posture of heart. Um, And Satan is just a jerk and he's always, always, always looking for a way in. And so um, there's so many little ways that he can um, just creep in and use and uh, be very powerful in that. So, 
Yeah, I think we've said this before, but you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, mm-hmm. you know, and if we're spending the most time with the Lord or he's, he's at least taking a priority of our attention and our time, um, then we're going to mimic him. We're going to mimic the things that other people who associate with him do because we're going to be around them more because we're around the Lord more, you know, yeah. we're going to have healthy habits and we're going to be doing good mimicry instead of mimicking the bad things we see. And that's the same thing in, in media. You know, if you're watching TV shows, movies, listening to songs, and you're trying to share that with someone or quote it, it's hard to do it without, you know, committing a sin if it has terrible content. You know, if you're trying to quote this funny line and there's like a bunch of curse words or a really crass comment in it, but you thought it was funny, you're not realizing this pattern of accepting those terrible like types of comments that you've built up from consuming this over and over again. And that it's not as shocking to you to mimic it as it is to other people. Um, you know, and th- that recent episode I did or that we did on, on cursing, did we do that together? Or did I do that? I don't remember. That. I did that on cursing and talking about that, like trying to limit the ways in which we're exposed to that language. So it doesn't become familiar, you know? So, yeah. So the next one is growth. Um, how are we growing? And when, um, babies are born, they, um, can have, the doctors can say they have a, a failure to thrive. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, and that's basically saying, not saying like they're dying, but they're just not growing in the way that they should be growing. Like they're not gaining weight or they're not eating or, um, I can't think of the other reasons what, or they have jaundice or whatever it yeah. may be. Yeah. Can't breastfeed. Um, yeah. I and mean, that's what happened to us. That's Hannah got hospitalized. You know, yeah. At five days old. So there's, there's that term and, um. They're always looking for any any stage in their growth. Like, Adelie just had her doctor appointment, and they gave me a handout. And on the handout, it had all of these um, bullet points of, like, things that her typical age group should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, there's always, for us in our spiritual life, um, it's going to look different for each of us. But there's going to be, like, steps that our spiritual life should be growing towards. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the the closeness that we are to our Lord. And so sometimes we're going to go forward in those things. And sometimes we're going to regress just like kids regress in their sleep, which really sucks. Yeah. Um, and so growth is a huge, a huge tier that we need to be looking at in our faith. Um, where are we growing and where are we failing to grow and where are we failing to thrive? Yeah. And I think that sense of um, intentional growth and discipline at your level is really important because yes. I think I've said this before, like if heaven is, we're at a hundred percent, you know, in our relationship with the Lord and you're, you know, at 3% right now, then focus on getting to 4%. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on getting to a hundred percent. You know, it doesn't say on the 18 month handout that we're going to get soon at our upcoming, you know, appointments with Hannah and Adelaide, um, that they need to start thinking about PhD programs. Right. You know, that would be stupid, you know, or that they, yeah, they should be speaking full sentences or they should know another language by now. But sometimes we look at the spiritual life that way. Like, look at what all these really holy people did. And we start trying to do something that we're not, we don't yet have the spiritual maturity or language to do yet. So start growing at your level. Like what's going to take, what's going to be something you can do to just take a little bit of a step forward from where you are now. I mean, like the spiritual life is, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, if it was a sprint, you would give it all right at once, you know, but it would be very short. Um, you need to be very cautious about the steps you're taking, the progress you're making, and try not to jump the gun, overexert yourself, because then you're going to get, you know, the spiritual equivalent of a sprain or an injury, and it's going to take you out of commission, and you feel like, I can't do this, I'm getting burnt out, I'm not getting any joy out of this, uh, and you're going to want to just quit altogether, you know. Um, so don't hold yourself to this, like, doctor of the church expectation when you're in spiritual infancy mm-hmm. you know allow yourself to grow at your level and figure out okay what developmentally spiritually wise should i be doing maybe i ask someone okay when they were where i am what was one or two things that they started to do but if i ask that person who's super holy now hey what are you doing right now in your spiritual life and i just try to emulate that i may have no way of understanding or growing from it because it's just beyond my ability yeah. You know, so there are certain things that no longer work for me because they're too rudimentary. They're too simple. Um, and there's certain things that don't work for me because they're too complicated or too, you know, they're, they're more mature than my uh, spirituality is capable of absorbing. I need to think about where am I at? Mm-hmm. What is going to appeal to me and my own gifts and my own ability at this moment? 
uh, and, and focus on that. You know, what are the areas of growth? What are the people that I'm surrounding myself with who are kind of at the same level as me spiritually? What are we all seeking to work on or what are they doing well that I could do a little bit better at instead of thinking like, well, you know, I'm, I, I know Pope Francis does this and and that, you know, I should do that. Or I know like St. Thomas Aquinas wrote the Summa Theologica. So I should write the modern equivalent of that. It's like, dude, calm down. Maybe you should like just read a chapter of the Bible first, you know, like, um, you know, take baby steps, Um, (laughs) baby steps. I get it. That was good. good. I didn't even mean to do that. That was nifty. Wow. Okay, SpongeBob. Um, Blessed John Henry, Cardinal Newman. Whoa, that's weird. Um, He said, to live is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often. And I love that quote because um, babies change all the time. Like Mm -hmm. every day is there's something new. They've learned something new. Um, And in our own spiritual life, we need to adapt to that. And we need to also recognize that our day to day is going to change. And so... Um, if your prayer life is too rigid, it needs to change a little bit probably Mm -hmm. because if you can't quite get it done or you're getting frustrated by it or you feel like your spiritual life isn't growing from it, then, um, something needs to change and recognizing that as you grow, it's going to change and look different. Just like Matt said, starting as kind of an infant spirituality to a, you know, Pope spirituality. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's really interesting to watch kids and how they grow and how they're just good with where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, and then they learn something and they get a little bit frustrated and then they, they, um, take that leap and they, you know, learn that activity. Like Adelaide's trying to learn how to walk upstairs standing up, which is terrifying and I don't like it. And we're <laughs> not going around stairs as often as we can. Um, but you know, when she accomplishes that goal, it's, it's a big deal. And, and every single day is new and different. And so, um, maybe there's something that you, have been wanting to try in your spiritual life and you're a little too you're a little scared like you're hesitant mm-hmm. um but it's that next step okay you know work at it yeah try it if it doesn't work the first time don't get mad at yourself um and then go back to it but if it's the thing that is like too big for you don't mm-hmm. like adelaide is going to break her head open if she tries to take the stairs all at once yeah right without our help and our guidance and that's the other thing is recognizing we need to be asking the lord where he wants to be leading us um and trusting in that and not trying to take the leaps and bounds that are going to cause us to fail yeah there's that um uh phrase in scripture um god is ever ancient ever new mm-hmm. you know that um Yes, God is unchanging, but the way in which he desires to be in relationship with us is always changing Um, because we're always changing. We're always growing. He's the one that's, he's the unmoved mover, the unchanged changer. We're changing constantly and learning and experiencing the same way a baby does, you know? And so recognizing that change is good, change is, you know, that um, Cardinal Newman quote is the spiritual equivalent of the only sure thing in life is change, you know? Um, And to know that, you know, spiritual growth requires that, you know? Um, and just to recognize the beauty of that and expect it to happen and welcome it when it happens, because that's, you know, and to, to relish in the new things, you know, mm-hmm. um, Hannah loves a song, row, row, row your boat. And, um, she just dances to it all the time. And I didn't realize until last night that she was like requesting it. Cause she kept going row, 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 row. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, she's trying to sing row, row, row your boat. And so I would sing it. And the second I'd get done, she'd look at me and go row, row, row. Like she wanted me to do it <laughs> like 13 times. We sang it last night. Um, and she would just every time row, 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 like, so, cute. so, and she was all about it, you know? And so when we get into that new place of change and we learn something new or God is stretching our understanding to just dive into it and just be joyful, like, look at this new thing. Like, I'm so excited about this. That's why we share these plugs every week, you know, mm-hmm. things that we're into and yeah, they're not all spiritual, but they're things that we like to share. We share the peak moments because it's important to be present to those because, you know, we have to recognize how things are changing and things are new and things that we want to share. Yeah. So, um, second to last one is, uh, we've talked about routine quite a bit about your prayer life, having a routine. There's also an aspect of being flexible. And so with kids, routine is very good. Having, you know, a nap time that, um, you try and keep, um, and a bedtime that you try and keep and meal times that you try and keep, um, 
all are things that are very, very positive to the growth of a child. They love routine. But there's also an aspect of um, parenting that you have to be really flexible with that routine Mm -hmm. sometimes. Because some days are not going to be the same. You're going to be tired. You're going to be off. Um, They're going to be tired. They're going to be off. Like the other day, Adelaide had five shots, which is ridiculous. Um, And so she was cranky, angry, upset, not feeling good. And Mm -hmm. so we had three nap times in the day and she went to bed at 7.30. Like she just, she wasn't feeling good. And so um, recognizing that we need to have that routine that we've talked about so many times in your spiritual life, um, but also being flexible with that. Um, And we kind of talked about that with your growth life too, just recognizing um, where you need to move and where you need to change, but um, being flexible in your routine um, because the Lord is always going to change it because the Holy Spirit doesn't keep a routine. He's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the Holy Spirit's moving and changing and um, always doing different things in your life. And so being flexible to how he's moving you and how the Holy Spirit is going to work in your life. Yeah, totally. And and um, making sure that we, we have that routine in the first place. We have ways that we're prioritizing God in our schedule, but recognizing like if we don't do the routine that day, it doesn't mean we're falling apart, you know, that God wants to be present in everything. Something that someone taught me or someone said about parenting, I asked them like, what's your advice about, about parenting? Um, and they said, um, well, you just learn to do a lot of things one handed. And for Mm. me, I gleaned from that in my spiritual life that, you know, the one handedness of my life is that God is always, you know, consuming part of that. Like I've always got one hand on God and one hand on whatever I'm doing, Mm. you know? And so God can be present in my routine, my daily routine in a multitude of ways. I can be talking to him like he's right next to me. You know, I don't stop being a father when I leave the house. Mm -hmm. I don't stop caring about my daughter or wanting pictures of her or wanting to check in or FaceTime. It's the same thing with the relationship with, with our relationship with the Lord. Like what are ways that I can just check in throughout the day and still be present to that reality? Yeah. Well, that's a good one. I like that. Um, the last one is being prepared. As a parent, you have to always be prepared. Yep. Um, your diaper bag is going to be usually packed to the brim with as many diapers as you think you're going to need for the day or as many wipes or um, outfit changes because, let's be honest, it's very messy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just being prepared with maybe some toys to keep them active or snacks to, because kids are hungry all the time or, um, you know, the lunch if you're going to be going out for a couple of hours, whatever it may be. Um, being prepared as a parent is something really important that I've had to kind of learn and just know that if I'm walking out of the house, I need to be ready to maybe spend the day out of the house because things change. Yeah. Plans change. Um, and so being prepared in your spiritual life because you're going to get tired. And how are you going to react when you're tired? Knowing like your tics and the things that um, tend to lead you to <clears throat> sin. Yeah. So being prepared in that and maybe always carrying a rosary or maybe always carrying your Bible or um, having um, a go-to person that you can text when you're feeling low. Um Knowing that if your routine is off, then, okay, what? Do, how do I adapt and how do I change yeah. this? Um, that's also being prepared. Yeah. I think, yeah, just take a second right now to do an inventory of your life and ask yourself, what's my spiritual baby bag look like? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the practices, the people, and the, the tools that I have to stay plugged into my relationship with the Lord on a daily basis? Yeah. There are so many apps out there, so many, you know, daily email reflections that you can get. Um, you know, carrying your Bible with you or having one on your phone. And then I think part of this also is planning ahead. You know, for us, like, especially as parents, we need to plan like throughout the whole week, like when are we going to mass on Sunday? You know, like we need to figure that out because things change, you know, so plan that for you. Like every day when you get up, plan in your prayer time, plan in those times and yeah, be flexible when it can't happen, but don't delete it, you know, Mm -hmm. change it and have tools you can do to it. You can use to adapt it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when you do have, you know, um, a need for spiritual encouragement, or you do have that kind of full diaper, you know, you've made a mistake, you've messed up or whatever it is, who can you go to? Who are those you know, um, one, two, three, five people that you can have, you know, on a, on a, a text chat or something that say, Hey, I need encouragement right now. Can you pray for me for this? Using those tools, it would be ridiculous for a parent to pack all this stuff 
and then to go out and then the baby starts crying and they're like, I don't know what to do. And they don't get the baby bag and they just like run around with their head cut off, you know, (laughs) like, um, we bring all of it to use Yeah. and we have such a rich tradition in our church of things to use and things to do, uh, to spiritually grow. Are we actually using them in our life at the level that we need them? You know, we don't have stuff that, uh, that our kids are going to need when they're five or six in our bags. We have stuff that they need right now. And so what do you have right now? in your spiritual baby bag, you know, techniques, things you can do, regular confession, regular chapel, daily mass if you can, um, but especially mass every Sunday, a group of accountability, people that you can go to, good community, um, and then things to carry with you, apps, tools, um, you know, spiritual tools, a rosary, you know, a saint medal, something that will remind you, yeah, something that will remind you every day to be entering into prayer. Um, Those things are really going to help you stay into that routine and then when that need for flexibility comes in you can pull one of those tools out uh, and use it you know when you find yourself in an unexpected wait time in traffic uh, to pull up the audio of the daily readings on your phone or when you find yourself uh, waiting in a line at a doctor's office and you didn't expect to wait um, pulling out an app or a daily reflection and reading it or uh, calling someone that is your you know keep you spiritually accountable and just giving them an update on your day, you know, something like that. Um, things that you can do instead of just kind of pulling out the phone and playing the game and just like wasting time. Um, so clean out your spiritual baby bag. If it's full of junk, you know, yeah. If it's full of like, Oh, I just play Tetris all the time on my phone when I'm, (laughs) when I don't have anything to do, you know, maybe take the Tetris out of the bag and put some other things in it. Um, that I think will help you. Cool. So those are our parenting hacks. Who's our saint? Or we saints? have two saints this okay, time. Cool. Saints. A mama and a papa, the famous, most famous, I think, of the couple saints, because there's not that many of them. Um, but Saints Louis and Zélie Martin, the parents of Saint Therese of Lisieux. Oh. Um, yes. So um, Louis, uh, they were both lived in the mid 1800s. Uh, They're born, you know, early 1800s, died late 1800s. Um, Louis was a watchmaker by trade, and he was a very successful one. Uh, and he also uh, managed, when they met, his wife's uh, lace business. She was a lace maker. Um, and so <clears throat> he spent uh, his early life at a lot of military posts in France, uh, and he got a lot of army, or army, order and discipline. It's like an uh, arrested development. I was army. When I was army. Um, he got a lot of order and discipline from that. And he, uh, he was really influenced by the French connection between uh, the mystical and the military, um, like kind of order and discipline versus this mystical thing, um, this mystical reality that's very much in like French spirituality. Hmm. And so um, he settled down um, in a town called Alencon and he started pursuing watchmaking, quiet little, little place. And then when he was 22, he tried to enter religious life at a monastery um, and... Um, <clears throat> Didn't work out. I can't remember why. It's not in my notes. Um, oh, he insisted that um, Louis learn Latin. Um, and even though he was very brave and he could have, like, you know, done so many different things, he got lost in a lot of the intellectual pursuits of studying the, uh, the study required in the religious life. And so um, he ended up getting ill because he was very, like, negative and dispirited about himself. And so he kind of abandoned his hopes for that. Um, meanwhile, Zaley, his wife, um, she was in that same town in Alencon. She was the um, a lace maker, and she was born into a military family, so she had that background as well. Um, but she described her childhood as dismal. wasn't a very good um, childhood. They, her parents didn't show her a lot of love or affection. Um, and so she also sought unsuccessfully to enter the religious life. Um, and uh, she learned, she ended up learning the lace making technique in the town, and she started. She soon mastered it, um, and so she ended up starting her own business and became very successful. Um, didn't end up pursuing the religious life, um, but she was also deeply spiritual um, and <clears throat> um, very, became very famous and renowned for for lace making in that area. And so when they met. Um, they, uh, they met in, on July 13th in 1858, he was 34, she was 26 and, um, they were married and they, um, started this journey through life together. And within 15 years, Zaley had nine children, seven girls and wait, two. Wait, 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 say that again. Within 15 years, she had nine kids. Holy moly. Yeah. Seven girls and two boys. 
Um, and she said, we lived only for them. They were all our happiness. And I love that idea of how like God looks at us in that same way. And they just personified that so well with their children. Um, and they loved their children. Um, but within three years, uh, the two baby boys, a five-year-old girl and a six and a half week old girl all died. Um, all of different, I think it's just like childhood mortality at the time was not good. It was just all, um, all things. So she, she was pretty numb with sadness. So they only had five girls remaining. And she is quoted as having said, I, I haven't a penny's worth of courage. Um, she was just so distraught from this. But um, her faith, her spiritual life, sustained her through even these really terrible losses. Um, and she, she reported feeling a lot of sorrow about that, um, obviously. But um, they had their last child after all this happened, um, January 2nd, 1873. She was very weak, very frail. Um, and the family was so used to children dying that they were preparing for another blow. They were preparing to lose this child. Um, Zaley wrote about her, um, that she had no hope of saving her. The poor little thing suffers horribly. It breaks your heart to see her, but she was tougher than they realized. She survived the illness, uh, and she, uh, was said to be a big baby browned by the sun, uh, and that she was full of life, giggles a lot, and is a sheer joy to everyone. And that uh, daughter ended up becoming St. Teresa of Lisieux. She was the youngest. Um, and so of those five surviving daughters, Marie, Pauline, Leonie, Celine, and, um, and Therese, um, all of them are either saints or, or on the path to sainthood. Wow. They're all like blesseds or, uh, or no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm misspoke. One of them is a blessed, a candidate of sainthood, Leonie, but all five of them became nuns all five of them became nuns um and so even though they didn't join the religious life their children did um and just like this idea of disciplined parenting and knowing right priorities and kind of being flexible to the craziness of life and obviously all that loss that happened a series of tragedies and all of this but knowing that um their goal was to just pursue holiness for their family um and um, Pope Francis presided at their canonization in um, 2015, and he said in his homily, the holy spouses Louis Martin and Marie Azelie Guerin, which was her given name, practiced Christian service in the family, creating day by day an environment of faith and love, which nurtured the vocations of their daughters, among whom was St. Therese of the Child Jesus. Um, and they are the first ever married couple with children to be canonized in the same ceremony. Yeah. Um, so a very amazing testament to their holiness and this idea of parenthood you know if if you want some good intercessors who were parents and who understand probably a lot of these things from raising kids but also were these spiritual giants who raised five other spiritual giants one of whom is saint Teresa of Lisieux, a nun a saint and a doctor of the church um pretty good people to have in your court praying for yep. you so uh, Zaylee and Louis Martin, pray for us. And St. Charles Borromeo, our patron saint, pray for us. Pray for us. Um, but otherwise, please, uh, we hope this episode was useful to you. Please share it with your friends. Rate and review this podcast if you have not yet done so. And if you'd like to support us for as little as a dollar a month financially, it does cost money to um, host this podcast, uh, you can go to manafoodforthought.com and click on the Patreon tab and you can support us there and you get access to um, bonus content and uh, merchandise as soon as it's coming out. We have a new logo in the works and we're very um, excited about it. And so that's going to be coming faster um, than previously because we didn't really like our old logo. So (laughs) um, that's why it was taking a long time. So sorry about that, but that's the story. So uh, like, and follow us on social media. Know that we're praying for you. And until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. Bye. Bye.